1: You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: From KMOX Sports. Here's the pitch. A swing and a high fly ball. This could
0: be trouble. It's at the wall. And it's a
2: gunner. Welcome to the Lux
0: Galore International Sports on a Sunday morning. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Welcome in KMOX Sports on a Sunday morning. Chris Raby with you Sunday, June 21st, 2020. Happy to be hanging out until noon today. Happy Father's Day, especially to all the dads. But happy Father's Day today. Happy first day of summer as we have a gorgeous day in downtown St. Louis. Not a cloud in the sky. Hopefully uh, clear skies ahead as far as Major League Baseball is concerned. Going to talk a lot of baseball over the next two hours. We're going to visit with Cardinals manager Mike Schilt. His weekly chat on KMOX comes up in about 10 minutes or so. And at 1130, we will chat with Cardinals president of baseball operations, John Moselock. I think a lot of optimism over the past few days If you're a baseball fan, for the return of baseball, I think uh, a lot of reasonable worry or attention paid to the impact that an outside force, something completely out of anyone's control, coronavirus, could have on the return of baseball and on the return of sports. As we saw some spring training facilities closed at the end of last week as some Players and staff members from a couple of teams tested positive, uh, concerns about spikes. So I think that as far as things baseball fans have worried about that are inside the control of either party at the negotiation table, uh, there is some reason to be optimistic. Uh, For everything else, I think that we just continue to try to move forward with caution and exercising, you know, responsibility to the best of our ability but for right now uh, we're going to talk baseball over the next two hours because that is where we are hopefully headed to major league baseball there were reports yesterday that the players association had decided to wait a couple of days to vote on the owner's latest proposal 60 games at full prorated pay because of concerns about coronavirus and the upticks in Arizona and Florida. Uh, Bob Nightingale of USA Today in the last 10 minutes has tweeted that players are now expected to vote today. So unconfirmed, but potentially a little bit of movement on that front. So lots of baseball talk, I promise you. Coming up over the next two hours, you can give me a call at 436-7900, 314-436-7900, or tweet me, follow me on Twitter and tweet me at chr. A-B-E-C-H-R-A-B-E. You know, on this Father's Day, and again, Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there, uh, it's, I think, only natural to think about baseball. I found myself thinking about baseball, thinking about my dad a lot. There is such a connection, and I know there's such a connection between baseball and family in St. Louis. But, you know, I think especially today, as I guess on the calendar, Summer is officially here. It's felt from a temperature standpoint, perhaps like it arrives in St. Louis much earlier than the third week of June every year. But if summer is perhaps officially here, then uh, maybe it would make sense that now baseball rejoins the picture. And, you know, personally, I sometimes get a little overwhelmed thinking about, you know, baseball and thinking about my family and thinking about my dad, thinking about, you know, my dad introducing me to the game of baseball Um, I remember the first baseball game that I ever went to was a Chicago White Sox game in 1992. I was in sixth grade. Today also happens to be the 34th anniversary of my birth. So thank you also, Dad. Um, (laughs) So it it was June. I, I think it was, it may have actually been June 20th. It was right around my birthday. So summer after first grade. And I remember that At school, you know, if you had perfect attendance at the grade school that I went to, shout out St. Francis Xavier in Wilmette, Illinois, then you got a pair of White Sox tickets. And I got these tickets, or at least the voucher, to select the tickets for a game. And, man, you would have thought that I had the golden ticket. You know, you would have thought that I was just handed a million dollars or something better than a million dollars. I ran home from school, told everyone, told the crossing guard on the way home. He was probably like, all right, bro, I'm a Cubs fan. <laughs> have fun. I remember like pouring over those <laughs> those game dates with my dad. <laughs> what the hell did I have going on? I was in first grade, you know, picking a game, White Sox and Texas Rangers. And it was actually the retirement ceremony or the farewell sendoff for Carlton Fisk and catching for Texas was a very young Pudge Rodriguez. So a couple of Hall of Famers in that game, Bo Jackson rode a motorcycle in from center field. I remember that, um, you know, and a love affair with baseball was born. I remember getting those tickets again and going to a game with my dad. Five minutes, you had to Stop for water on the way down the ramps to get back to the parking lot because you were so high up. But it was a baseball game, and I was with my dad, and that was the best thing in the world. And, you know, since then, have been so lucky to go to so many baseball games, to do it for a living. And I think that a lot of us now think about the time that we've gotten to spend with our families, with our dads, You know, not just our dads, but especially today, our dads watching baseball, talking about baseball, and I know I will never take that for granted again and really, really cannot wait for it to be back. Because that's something that's just really special for a lot of people. And it's something that when it's taken away, and I know that there are so many things that This over the course of the last three months, but when it's gone, you realize how nice it is to just talk about a ball game or watch a ball game or go to a ball game. So, I won't be able to tell the crossing guard today if there's an agreement and baseball is coming back, but I'll certainly talk to my dad about it. Actually, going to leave here after the show and head to see my family for a little bit in Chicago. So, happy Father's Day to everyone, and here's to hopefully. A swift return to all of us telling the crossing guard we're going to a ball game. We'll take a break. Mike Schilt joins us next. Just getting started. Chris Raby with you. Sports on a Sunday morning on this Father's Day on KMOX.
2: The following is a special presentation of sports on a Sunday morning.
0: Welcome to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. KMOX. Welcome back. Chris Raby hanging out on KMOX until noon. And it's always great to visit with the Cardinals skipper, the National League Manager of the Year, Mike Schiltz on KMOX. Mike, how are you? Doing great, Chris. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing great. It's uh, obviously a very special day today. In 1967, on June 21st, Bob Eucher hit the only grand slam of his career, Mike. <laughs> I thought you were going to mention a happy Father's Day, but yeah, that's uh, that was a special <laughs> day too with our man. Euchre, of course, man. It's uh, such right. a such a special day for so many people, even without a ball game to watch or to talk about. Mike and you know, I was just talking about that in the first segment that in St. Louis, especially. But I was recalling, you know, I still remember the seats i still remember running home from school after i got the tickets for perfect attendance you know the first ball game i went to with my dad in st louis you see not only fathers and sons and moms and daughters and you see you know grandmothers teaching their grandkids how to keep score it's just it's it's a special connection even if again today we're we're still waiting for the game to come back
2: yeah no it's always one, one of the things i appreciate quite a bit connection um i have with my mother and father and you know it's just something that the game has so much, so many different pulls to your senses, and there's nostalgia to it, there's memories to it, and just a lot of connection with people that um, create those memories.
0: You know, uh, we are replaying all these classic games, and as cool as it's been to relive a lot of them, I'll be excited to do some pregame shows for your club very, very soon. But uh, yesterday we played game one of the 1967 World Series. Cardinals and Red Sox, just a vintage Bob Gibson, complete game, one run, 12 strikeouts. And I was thinking about the question for you. If you could have the chance to manage three or four former players from any era, doesn't matter. You would just have the chance uh, to have them be a part of your club. What guys would you want to choose to not only manage, but I'm sure learn from them? And you've got to give me at least a couple of non-Cardinals in the answer as well.
2: Yeah, so of course Gibson would be right there. I mean, i love to be able to have the opportunity to to send Bob Gibson out every – back then it was like a four-man rotation. So, um, and he'd pitch every other day in World Series. So, um, you know, it's been a privilege to have him out there and, um, competing for us. Um, you know, I always wanted Dizzy Dean. You know, I always thought – enjoyed the Gas House Gang, the nostalgia of it. Um, and I always thought he was not only a character, but clearly a talent as well. And I thought it had been great to, to have him – you know, we see what's like to have him on the team, and then I'd like to have had Satchel Paige. I'd love to have been able to see Satchel Paige pitch and um, see what that that you know era was about a little bit as well. And and then finally, uh, you know, you got to have a, a position player in there. And I don't think any clubhouse would be um, would would be the same without Babe Ruth in it. You know, you got to Babe Ruth in there and see how many hot dogs you can eat. And, um, you know, hang out and let him hit home runs, and you
0: know, oh, by the way, pitch a little bit in his early career. It's pretty unbelievable to, again, not only look back at, at some of the things that these guys did, some of these incredible Cardinal teams. I mean, the 67 team, you know, not just Gibson, but Cepeda won the MVP, McCarver finished second, um, just incredible uh, all-time players up and down the lineup. And I think the thing that's, that's so cool, especially with, with social media, Mike, is the connection that today's players have to the past. And, like, Jack, for instance, is such, I know we've talked about it, the student of the game. Him and I have done some, like, just for fun, like, drafts of all-time staffs and stuff over the last couple of months when we've been bored. And, you know, it's just amazing the uh, perspective that, that these guys have and the things they take from these players of the past, whether it was, you know, someone like Gibson that Jack has a relationship with or someone that, you know, may have played 100 years ago.
2: Yeah, you know, I appreciate the fact that social media and and the game also has done a fairly good job of being able to, you know, stay relevant to the players from our past and recognize them and capture what they've done. And, um, again, social media has been a good platform for that as well, for our players to be able to have awareness of of who helped build the game um, that allowed and paved the footsteps for them to play it, um, have respect for it. And our organization with the Cardinals also does a very, very good job of that. It's one of the things I always – I noticed initially when I got in the organization, just the, the legends of the guys that came back. Obviously, Red and Gibson and Brock and usual and, and you know that that crew. But um, you know McCarver, um, but, but you know also guys that you know were just playing the organization for you know four or five six years, and you know everybody's always welcome back to, to and want to come back and, and participate and help move the organization forward.
0: Yeah, I think the thing that I've realized in you know. Doing some of these classic game broadcasts, and you know, I've also put together. I'm working on kind of a project like a, an oral history of, of 2011. I've I've gotten to hear from so many different people, so many different stories about individuals who made an impact in the organization. It seems like everyone, you know, you pick one of the postseason runs, almost every guy on the team has like a game. You know, like in 2011 that season, there's obviously the David Freeze game that we all talk about, but there's also You know, the Carpenter game. There's the Adron Chambers game at the end of the regular season. There's, you know, uh Lance Berkman moment. There's a John Jay moment. It's just, it it speaks to, I think, an organization that breeds winning that all of these players throughout the course of of the Cardinals history, whether it's a Bob Gibson or, like I said, an Adron Chambers, uh, they all fit in some way. And there is a recognition paid to the significance that they played.
2: Yeah, that's a very good point. And that's what winning cultures have. They have um, everyone pulling off the same rope, and everyone's going to contribute and put, as Tony used to say, you know, put their piece in. And um, you know, when when everybody's team oriented and trying to figure out what they can do to um, help reduce to get that bottom line win, uh, you know, typically you have some of those moments. And, and the other thing about it is, just our fan base is so knowledgeable and passionate and appreciative. Of the of the contribution of those guys they and they remember them and uh, you know that's one of the things that really kind of quite cannily helps draw players to want to play here is because they they come in as a visitor and they have a teammate that goes up and taking a bat that, that played here for two or three years and you know contributed to a to a championship team or a pennant winning team or a division winning team there's always a, a pause celebration for that player when they come up to, to bat or pitch for the other team and you know that sends a lot of message to the to the players in that in that other clubhouse, it says, "Man, these these fans appreciate um, the play that takes place here and the players, and and um, you know it's an, it's a really special place. And I know for a fact that as we've accrued players over the last couple of years, for age wise, and when I first um, you know have those conversations with them, they always allude to that back um, every single one of them. Into me. And it's uh you know it's special that that recognition takes place."
0: Mike Schilt is with us, first segment, as we hang out here in the 10 o'clock hour. Mike, I know a couple of weeks ago you traveled back to St. Louis. You and some of your staff members and some of your players have been able to uh, be over at Bush Stadium for a bit. What's the last week since the last time you spoke with Tom been like both getting a little work in, getting, I'm sure, some more plenty of preparation in, and also kind of monitoring uh, the day-to-day updates of what's going on in the industry? Yeah, a
2: little more of the same and really just... Uh, you know, there's some staff members that already live here that um, have been able to come over and contribute. Um, you know, I've been here going on, this will be my second week today, um, being back in St. Louis, and it's been super nice. Um, but no other staff members came in specifically for that. You know, they've been able to get their work in at home. But, um, you know, another good week. Uh, you know, guys are coming in um, at their leisure to, to get get work in. And there's, there's, you know, some guidelines that, uh, Major League Baseball is rightfully set out that we adhere to, but um, you know, guys are getting their work. Um, Wayne OKK looking good, throwing some live VPs. Um Colton DeYoung, Edmund Bader, uh, John Gant joined the group this week um, through a side. Jordan Hicks through a side this week, and his rehab's going favorably. So, uh, you know, guys are guys are being very uh, diligent and and getting after their work, and, and are hungry to get back to playing.
0: Great to hear Mike Schultz with us. Mike, let's take our first break and we'll come back, chat with the National League Manager of the Year as we talk a little Cardinals baseball on this Father's Day in St. Louis and around the baseball world. Chris Raby with you. James O'Sullivan is in the house as well. It's Sports on a Sunday morning. We're back in a moment with the skipper on KMOX. Now, back to the Mike Schultz Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX the Mike Schilt Show on KMOX. Chris Raby joined by the Cardinals skipper, hanging out until the top of the hour. John Moselock will join me an hour from now. Mike, I'm curious, as you are just such a baseball guy, and and I love nothing more than than talking the game with you, when you are not watching or talking about or some way dedicating your brain to baseball, uh, especially over the last couple of months, what does Mike Schilt watch uh, what do you and your lovely, uh, a better half, uh, like to just do outside of baseball? I, I think that reasonably so a lot of fans, um, see you and, and your staff and, and hear all of the hours that you guys put in and are still putting in, in the midst of all of this right now. But when you're not, how are you spending your time, man?
2: Well, you know what, one of the blessings has come out of all this, um, COVID deal. And, and the break from the game has been the ability to spend more time with Michelle and the girls, um, and you know they're a blessing in and of themselves, and we just enjoy spending you know our time together. You know we have easy time together. Um, you know we enjoy taking walks. We've been active. We played uh, tennis, pickleball. We swam, um, played board games. You know we watch um, church online. We we watched a show called Yellowstone and a show called All American, which we got a lot of enjoyment out of both of those. And um, you know we just enjoy. She's a great cook, so. Get the benefit of some really amazing meals, and it was good to enjoy each other. So, um, you yeah, know that part's been been a, a, like I say, a real blessing, and, and we enjoy um, being together.
0: Yeah, I just saw a uh, promo for the new Yellowstone season. that will be sweet.
2: Um, yeah, I think it's coming up tonight. That they've used tonight, maybe. I mean, is it?
0: Oh, nice. I, I, I could, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you just have to unplug sometimes, and and I know that can be hard because especially right now anything can change you know at a moment's notice i I won't put you on the spot mike but there is a report from one national baseball reporter in the last 30 minutes or so that the players will indeed today vote on the owner's proposal do you ever feel like you need to wear a blinking sign hung around your neck when you're out and around st louis that says trust me i really don't know when baseball's coming back
2: (laughs) yeah you know what um I get that question a lot, understandably. I love the fact that people are, you know, thinking about it, you know, excited about getting going again as we are for sure. Um, and, you know, really what I've got my head around is, and I, I, you know, try to obviously stay relevant and, and read the tea leaves and, you know, stay fluid and, and prepare. And um, we've been doing that for some period of time now. Um really kind of where I've gotten my head around as far as an answer goes. You know, I don't know when we're going to play. I feel comfortable and confident we will play at some point this season. But I do know this. Ready to play.
0: Are you feeling optimism about what's happened in the last week, Mike, and the at least back and forth with the two parties? I know at this time last week, last Saturday night, Tony Clark and, and the Union uh, sent the statement that they would not counter the Proposal. I guess the third proposal from baseball. Baseball came back, proposed 60 games, full prorated salary. Players proposed 70. And again, there will be uh, a vote, if not today, then in the next couple of days by the players. So uh, are you optimistic? And uh, what can you make of, of the steps and of the process that has taken place and has taken place publicly over the last week?
2: Yeah, I'm more optimistic. I think we've had probably the best week that the game's had in a while from a relation standpoint between the two parties. Uh, you know, clearly they were able to get together and face to face and some movement took place. And, um, you know, we've had multiple, uh, it appears, uh, exchanges. Looks like we potentially have another one back. They've been more, um, you know, we're getting closer clearly and there's, there's more, uh, consistent conversation. Um, there's more back and forth. There seems to be more give. So these are all positive things. The, the thing that's rearing its head right now is the, you know, reentry to the, to, you know, hitting home a little bit more with what's going on with COVID. And, you know, clearly the group is um, the group being Major League Baseball Players Association. No one's lost sight of that um, at all as far as, you know, how, how that looks related to, you know, while we're here in the first place with this work stoppage and, and then, of course, you know, understandably, um, you know, there was a has been a dispute about the, the economic side of it, which just got, re, you know, the world got turned upside down, so a recreation of the economic structure just, just needed to take place. But now you're putting back in together, you know, a fluid situation with what's taking place individually with teams, um, and it's hitting home a little bit more, and, and, you know, making sure that the guidelines and the safety of people um, coupled with the agreement economically are taking place. So, you know, just to, I mean, to tell you there's a few moving parts is a complete underestimate. I mean, there is so uh, many different things taking place that people are, um, you know, having to work through and sort through and get their head around. Um, but I can tell you that there's a lot of people that are very, very, very dedicated on both sides to, to getting our game back going again. And, and that gives me, you know, optimism that, that we'll figure this out.
0: You know, that's a perfect way, Mike, to put it. It's so complicated. And, you know, the labor negotiations and the folds of the CBA and the history of the Players Union of Baseball. I mean, there are so many different factors. But with that being said, and in the way that a lot of news is disseminated by our media, especially headlines and headlines over social media and 140 characters, can you empathize with fans who maybe say, all right, Baseball said, let's play 60 games. The players said 70 games. Why don't you just meet in the middle? Why is it taking so long? I know it's not that simple, so I'm not portraying it as that simple. But the frustrated fan who sees the reports and, and sees the statements that are made by both sides, can you empathize with their frustration?
2: Completely empathize with their situation. I, mean, I really um, empathize and, and try to look at it from a perspective from every point of view, and, and I'm privileged to to be able to do that, um, you know, from a fan's perspective, completely understand that, you know, listen, they just look up and, and let's play baseball, let's figure this out, let's give, let's, let's not, in, in, in the perception can be right or wrong, but it's people's perception, let's don't squabble over over what this looks like, let's just get back to returning to the game, and, and I can completely understand and empathize and see that perspective, um, but I also can look up and realize that, um, there's there's other perspectives as well that, that have a lot of different um, residual. The decision is not in a vacuum. It, the decision has a lot of tentacles to it, and there's a lot of different moving play, pieces. And that's one of the things that's such a challenge is not to excuse, but just to explain you know how we've gotten to this point is you know there, there's so many unknowns about what's taking place, A, as we speak, and B, what, what, what this game is going to look like and what our country is going to look like and what the ability – our sports going to look like from a fan interaction standpoint moving forward, and and both sides are having to make a little bit of those decisions right now with a crystal ball that, that no one has a, has a real clear one, <laughs> um, and and nor should they. Um, based on, I mean, we're all have a shared bond of what's going on here, and but we're trying to live in the moment from a health standpoint, from an economic standpoint, and also trying to negotiate and figure out things in the future um, that clearly you know aren't as aren't as. Um, you know, we're not aware of what that looks like, but in a, in a short term, just looking at it perspective, I can completely understand why, why fans rightfully want to say, Hey, let's get back to playing baseball. Let's get the game that we love out playing again, create a opportunity for us to be entertained, distracted from and enjoy something that's always been a, a real positive in our lives and a fabric of our lives in a day to day sense. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing about our game. It's a day to day soap opera. Um, you know, and, and, you know, there's benefit to a once a week in NFL setting or a couple of games a week in the NHL and NBA setting. And those have their dramas, too. But the everyday allegiance to like the sun coming up that a baseball game is going to take place pretty much is, um, is special. And, you know, we don't have to get back to it and be a part of the the daily fabric of people's lives again, and and um, but completely understand people's perspective of that.
0: Yeah, and on the flip side of that, I mean, this could be a watershed moment for the players, right, and for the union, not just in terms of these negotiations and in terms of the financial considerations, but also some of the rules of the game being changed and. What could be on the horizon in a couple of years? You have uh, one of your players, Andrew Miller, who's a part of the executive committee of eight players. What can you say about what you've observed from this current group of players and the group that right now makes up that union in terms of their their leadership and and what they've been able to and are still trying to accomplish together, Mike?
2: Yeah, I can't really speak to the committee itself, but I, I can speak to Andrew and, and have conversations with him. And what I can share with people is, you know, Andrew is a, is a really ideal guy to be in, on that, on that committee. Um, he is, I enjoy him. I'd sit down with him almost before every game we go out. We have good conversations like I do with a lot of our players, but Andrew's a very level headed, um, sees big picture, um, very, very, um, very much aware and, and loves the game. Has, has always been appreciative, is appreciative of what the game has been able to provide him and his family. The opportunities have been provided for him. Um, he, he enjoys, appreciates the history of the game. Um, he also understands and appreciates the players' perspective. He gets the big picture. So he's, my point is Andrew's a very level-headed, um, passionate about the game, passionate about people. Um, so you've got a really good representation of for the players in and Andrew Miller, and, and I know he's um, – looking at this from from a lot of the right perspectives and and um clearly he's gonna do what he can the best he can for for the group that he's you know uh has a privilege of helping lead but but he's also a very fair-minded fair-minded guy
0: you know i really respect his uh his young son too because spring training he wears his cleats everywhere that's a baseball guy if you never take (laughs) your cleats off even at just a couple of years old
2: (laughs) yeah that's that's uh that's well said strong stuff yeah he's a baseball guy he's um it's, it's, that's
0: pretty cool. That's uh, yeah. That's that's 80 cleat uh, power right there. Mike, let's take one more break. We'll come back and chat for a couple more minutes on this Father's Day edition of sports on a Sunday morning, as we all hope on this beautiful day, first day of summer, that we're very, very close to getting down the street back to Busch Stadium. Chris Rayby with you. Don't go anywhere. One more segment with the National League Manager of the Year next on KMLX. Now, back to the Mike Schilt Show on your voice of the St. Louis Cardinals, KMOX. Hanging out for one more segment with the Cardinals, Skipper, the National League Manager of the Year, Mike Schilt. Chris Raby with you on KMOX as we hang out. Until noon today, John Moselock will join us at 11.30. Uh, And Mike, speaking of uh, a potential and and hopeful return, I imagine that, uh, again, as much as people ask you about when baseball is coming back, or how baseball is coming back, or what's the deal with baseball? Uh, you don't have like a like a red like bat phone like break uh, break glass <laughs> in case of baseball returning, right? There isn't like, does Mo text you like the Falcon is taken off?
2: <laughs> yeah, we don't have. Maybe we should come up with something just for fun. Let's, let's know, come up with some. With bring some code it up, speak. To Mo. Eleven thirty um, Yeah, we don't really have anything hung as but I tell you what, I don't let my phone go too far away from. <laughs>
0: Ain't that the truth? Yeah. And if it's not Mo, it's, you know, Klavs would probably give us a heads up when things are coming back. Is that plugged in?
2: Yeah, you're uh, right. Klavs or Shannon, know for any of us, bro.
0: Yeah, um, What can you tell us, Mike, about, and, and you mentioned working out at Bush Stadium and, Adhering to the guidelines, and I know there are city guidelines and different communities have different guidelines for reopening, but uh, we saw at the end of last week a couple of clubs in Florida uh, have to close their facilities because of players and because of staff members uh, both testing positive or experiencing symptoms. I don't want to get into the nuances of of that, but what can you tell us about how that might change things for you guys? I know Major League Baseball was, uh, what, going into cleanse and set up some new procedures at all of these spring locations. I know uh, you guys are are here in St. Louis, but have there been any ripple effects of that over the last couple of days for you?
2: Um, Not specific to those breakouts. Um, You know, our guidelines, I mean, clearly the complex in Jupiter will be compromised in the sense that, um, you know, they're going to shut down all the spring training complexes, clean them, and then, um, you know, retest people as a barrier to entry. But, um, you know, here I, I was tested right when I got into town. Um, anybody comes in from out of town is, is tested, and, you know, we can't arrive at the stadium until we have a proof of a negative test. And, and then um, every day we get our temperature taken and, and you know, monitor for any symptoms. So, um, and, and like you mentioned and alluded to, there's um, local ordinance um, regulations that we need to follow, but also League baseball's pre-spring training um, requirements are pretty strict as well, and, and we've been adhering to all of them, and we'll continue to be, be so.
0: Yeah, that's the one thing that no one can plan for, right, is the effect of the actual virus on anything reopening or anything in life, trying to get back to normalcy. And I know, you know, watching some of the sports start to trickle back, I have been locked in and uh, just watching all of the golf the last couple of weeks. And on Friday, the news broke that a player, and it ended up being Nick Watney, had tested positive, the first player on the PGA Tour to test positive. And I think a lot of people instantly thought the worst, like, oh, that's it. Shut it down. Uh, You know, golf is doomed. But no, they had a protocol in place. They had an aggressive and have an aggressive procedure for their sites and the participants, and Watney withdrew, and the show went on because of the preparation and the infrastructure, which, you know, you never want to, hear reports of people testing positive, but I kind of think it's it's a silver lining. The show has gone on so smoothly for the PGA Tour, and now over the last 48 hours, no one's even really mentioned that test.
2: Yeah, that's just going to, I mean, that's an unfortunate part of it. We really hope, you know, people that, hey, we don't want them to get it, so we're going to try to be proactive in, in our monitoring and, and, and testing and um, all the different regulations in place to prevent it and then um, have a, a real swift ability to handle it um, if and when, you know, a positive tests occur that A, take care of the person that, that you know, is dealing with, and B, um, there's protocols to make sure that others are, are taken care of as well. And then C, that allows things to continue to move forward um, in a manner that allows the the, the product to, to continue to, to be able to, to be
0: played. You're a golf fan at all? You mentioned tennis earlier. I love watching. Tennis as well. Playing tennis or trying to can be about the most humbling experience one can can undertake, in my opinion.
2: Yeah, you know what? It's, it's, um, Michelle is really pretty pretty good, and we play. And um, you know, I, I can I can get it back to her, you know, a little bit to, to, to allow her heart to get up. But um, competitively, she's pretty darn good. It's a tough game. It's, you know, you appreciate it when you when you watch it how um, easy those guys, the girls and guys, make it. But it, it's a tough, challenging game. Um, I tell you, the game I've also enjoyed those getting to play that, um, is pickleball. That's yeah, a fun, fun, quick game that, that we've enjoyed as well.
0: I want to wrap up uh, because you mentioned Tony, and one thing that you said as we began our conversation was how he would, you know, mention people putting their piece in, and. I've been working on an oral history of the 2011 team, kind of a documentary, podcast documentary. And in talking to people and in hearing stories, one of the things that keeps coming up is the preparation of Tony and of Dunk. You know this as well as anyone. And the fact that, you know, those guys really um, were as analytically driven while they were especially here, but while Tony, Dunk, Dave McKay were in the big leagues having the success they had as really anyone in the industry, what did you have you do? You still learn uh, and admire about Tony, the way that he prepared, and how has that affected how you, Mike, and your staff can get better during this time, even when there's no baseball? Yes, yeah, I mean, you look at
2: it you always. Know, I was studying and. Always really just curious about Tony and how he was able to to have that success from the outside, and then I got the privilege of getting to know him and and um, him being gracious enough to really sincerely invest in me and, and share his information and wisdom. Now, same with Dunk and McKay and that whole whole group of Kendo and um, you know for years when I was in the minor leagues and um, you know it's just the co- the commitment ultimately to excellence and it's it's. Um, you know, it's a like-minded um, group, and it doesn't mean like-minded that they always get along. It's not it was always kumbaya, but it was like-minded that our end mission is the same. You know, we're in this to to win the division, we're in this to win world championships, and um, and they recognize that there was a, there's a sacrifice to that, there's a dedication to it, there's also an understanding of how to do it, um, and, and how to go about it, and, and there's just that commitment that that really just and they owe it to each other and uh they're in it for each other, in it for the players, in it for the organization. And it was just a great model for my for me. And then of course, you know, we've got coaches in and our staff that also were privy to understand, experience that, see it, buy into it, um, and grain themselves in it. And I'm talking about um, you know, Pop Warner, our third base coach, and Brian Eversgird, our, our bullpen coach, and Ollie Marmor, our bench coach, and Stubby Clapp was in the organization and played for Tony, our first base coach, and of course we're talking about uh, according to Hall of Famer, William McGee, who understands what that commitment dedication looks like. Um, so you've got this nucleus of, of our staff that understand it, and then you add, you know, really perennial uh, guys like Mike Maddox who, you know, baseball life or, you know, brother's a Hall of Famer. He long career um, in the big leagues and, and established pitching coach, and he comes in and just fits like a glove in his preparation dedication. Um, and, and really, that's that's one that I could talk for a long time, and we don't have the time. But um, about what Tony and his dad were able to impart into into me and, and our staff, but it's also something that our staff echoes, and we have that same drive, dedication, uh, desire, hunger uh, to be to be a great staff for our players and for our organization.
0: Well said, and Mike, can't thank you enough for taking. Uh all this time to join us on this Father's Day edition of, of the program, of the Mike Shilt Show. I know uh, it's, uh, I'm sure, uh, a special day for, for you and uh, your family. And, Mike, uh, as we all sit and have our fingers crossed that we're going to be back at a ballpark very, very soon. Um, if not, then at least there's new Yellowstone coming up to watch. So thanks so much for joining yeah, us. Let's,
2: yeah, let's make that a doubleheader, Yellowstone and, and baseball back together.
0: I love it. Hey, we'll see you soon, man. I'll see you at the ballpark soon. Thanks so much. All right, Rabbi. Have a blessed day. All right, man. That's Mike Schilt joining us on KMOX. How about the positivity, man? Like, if you think you're frustrated as a fan, all right, think about being, and again, I'm putting myself in his shoes. Think about being not just a manager of a big league club or a staff member in a big league club, but the National League Manager of the Year, you go to the NLCS, the brakes are hit on this thing, and then he's not even one of the two parties at the bargaining table. So, like, you think it's out of your control as a fan? Mike Shield empathizes with you. Really? I'm going to get to play some of that 2011 Revisited Oral History podcast. I'll share a couple pieces Of that from this week's episode coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Also, are you optimistic? Are you excited? Have your feelings changed about baseball's potential return, even if the players vote against this latest big league proposal? 436-7900. 314-436-7900. Or 800-925-1120. Follow me on Twitter at C-H-R-A-B-E. Chris Raby with you again. Thanks to Mike Schilt, John Mozeleck coming up. At
1: 11.30, and we continue to talk some baseball. Until noon, on KMX. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget.